Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Maybe y'all are excited to have me back in the pulpit. Maybe you're not. There are certain people that were so excited about it that they came all the way from California. Stephen Dufresne brought his wife, he drug her along with him, you know, to make sure she came, so we're glad to have them. Uh, and uh, they came to some nice weather, thank God. It was, what, 84, 85 degrees on Sunday. I'm going, will this ever end? You know, but here we are, you know, looking at 40s last night and tonight. Wow. Mark Bauer is so happy, so happy. And I better get my glasses. I was out walking this morning at 43-degree weather. It was wonderful. No sweat when I got back. I started sweating when I got back in the house because the house was too hot. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Amen. Amen. Well, tonight, I'm gonna, we're just going to review some things that I know you know. But, uh, you know, it always helps to be reminded of these things all the time. Go with me to Ephesians 1. We're going to start in um, verse 15. Hallelujah. Paul's writing, he said, Wherefore I also, now I'm reading out of the King James, uh, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Isn't it interesting that Paul said, I cease not? Means he, he didn't quit. I mean, you know, it says, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, the Phillips translation says, I never give up praying for you. You know, sometimes you, you read something like, I'm making mention of you in my prayers. You know, we kind of, if we're not careful, we'll take a look at that, that word mention and we'll just pass it by as though he was just saying, just, you know, a casual prayer. He wasn't casually praying for these people. It says in the Phillips translation, I never give up praying for you. Why? Because they were his heart. They were his life. They were the fruit of the ministry that that God had given him. He was seeing the revelation that, that the Lord Jesus himself gave to him come to fruition in the lives of these people. But he knew to make it really stick, he had to pray for them on a daily basis. How do I know this? Well, go over with me to Galatians 4. You're close by. We're going to spend a lot of time in these these four books. Um, Galatians 4 and verse 19. And it says, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I travail. Now I'm thinking, Paul, you're a guy. How could you know much about travailing in birth? Ladies, where are my amens? Now y'all should have been able to do that really quickly. It says, I travail in birth, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Well, that tells us that he he didn't take it lightly. It tells me that he didn't just casually pray. It tells me that he spent time, intense prayer, praying for these people. 
because he knew that I, that was what it's going to take until Christ be formed in him. Now, I love different translations, so I go back to my 26 translations all the time. The 20th century test, New Testament says, until a likeness of Christ shall have been formed in you. The New English Bible says, until you take the shape of Christ. And the Amplified Version says, until Christ is completely and permanently formed and molded within you. That gives a whole new perspective to making mention of you in my prayers. It wasn't just a casual thing. Too many times, you know, God will bring somebody to our, our heart, you know, that then we know we need to pray for them. And if we're not careful, we'll make mention of them. You know, oh, Lord, bless them, and on we go. Listen, if God ever brings somebody to your mind and to your heart, he doesn't intend for you to spend two seconds on them. There's something that needs to be prayed out. There's something that they need. They need you. If God is, is putting them on your heart, just like Paul had these people on his heart, if, he's, if God puts somebody on your heart, he intends for you to take up some time with them. It may not be a huge amount of time, you know, but it's time. It's not just, well, Lord, whatever it is they need, you know, take care of it. But if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in places that we do that very thing. You know, if I have a need and, and, I, and I found out later that God, you know, had me on somebody else's heart, I'd appreciate knowing that they were diligent in their praying, that they were not half-hearted in their praying where I was concerned. They may not know what my need is. They may not know whether it's something big or something small. That doesn't matter. If God says you need to pray for them, then spend some quality time praying for them. And like I said, it may not take hours. It may not take more than just a few minutes. But put your whole heart into it is the point. And see what God's got there. If it, if it takes more time, then follow the leading of the Spirit, you know, in that area. And go with it. If not, then just pray what you know. Just pray. Well, how do you know what to pray for people sometimes? Well, I'm glad you asked. Paul has given us some wonderful examples of how to pray for people. Let's just start in Ephesians 1. Hallelujah. And these and these these different places that we're going to go to can be customized for the person that you're praying for. It can be customized for your own personal use. You can put your name in there. You can put their name in there. You can take it just as a framework of of where to pray for and how to pray and take and run with it. Uh, but here in Ephesians, the first chapter, let's start in verse fifteen. Again, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of, your, of you in my prayers. And here's what he prayed. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. 
Isn't that wonderful? You know, I'm always, I'm always looking at these kind of things, you know, and going back. And so I get my little 26 translations out and I start looking at it and, and, uh, and, and where it says, I may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. The Canterbury translation says to give you a spirit of wisdom and of insight. Philip's translation says, will give you spiritual wisdom and the insight. 20th century says, may inspire you with wisdom and true insight. You know, you can, you can look at some of these translations and, and they help you, you know, in praying. Just because maybe the way it's said, maybe it's said a little differently. It, it just really strikes home to you the way one version will say it as opposed to another. There are so many places in here where you and I can, can look. You know, when people don't understand certain things... You know, what can you pray? That the eyes of their understanding are enlightened. I mean, that's a verse that, that covers so much. You know, we, we sometimes don't understand why people, why you just don't get it, why you don't get it. Well, has anybody prayed for them that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened? Have, has anybody provided some spiritual support, you know, for them so that they, they might understand finally, once and for all, what you're trying to get through to them. You know, it, it probably is a good thing before every service, you know, for whoever's ministering to say, Father, may the eyes of their understanding being enlightened. You know, because sometimes it's more important what the Holy Spirit says to you about what's being said than what's being said. Lord, if it opens up an area, opens up an avenue of understanding that you need, if it, if it, just, if it, just, if it just cracks open your understanding of something, the eyes of our understanding have to be opened so we can see these things. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power in, in verse 19? You know, we, we talk about the power of God and the glory of God and all these things, and, and sometimes we don't really understand what we're even talking about. But when the eyes of our understanding become enlightened, oh, then new revelation comes on the inside. And we begin to see things that we've never seen before, understand things in a way we've never understood before. Something becomes, becomes we, as we become molded and formed into that image of Christ like Paul was talking about, you know, this is where it comes from, is understanding. And so you can pray these things. You know, it, I, over the years, you know, I've, I've heard people come to me and say, I just don't understand how this person can do this or do that or do the other. There's a lot involved in that to answer that question. But part of it is the eyes of their understanding have been blinded, you know, by the God of this world. I mean, listen, as long as the enemy can keep us blind to the truth that's in the word of God, he keeps us under his thumb as long as we're blind to it. But here we're, we're asking the Father that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they might know some things, begin to see some things, begin to, uh, begin to just walk in those things. You can't walk in what you don't understand, and you don't understand what you can't see. And so this is a great place to start. Now, go with me over to Philippians 1. Verses 9 through 11. Paul says, and this is so easy. I mean, this is, I mean, this is what he said. I, you know, he tells you he's about to pray something. So clued in, this is something you can pray. Um, this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you might approve things that are excellent, 
that you might be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. I've got all kinds of things, you know, written, you know, in, in, my, in my Bible in tiny, tiny little print. And sometimes I can read it and sometimes I can't. Uh, but like in verse 10, it says that you may approve things that are excellent. Um, the Phillips translation of that says, have a sense of what is, no, this is Moffat, have a sense of what is vital. And the Phillips then says, to be able to recognize the highest and best. You know, there are times when we need to know these things. We need to, we need to understand and have a sense of those things that are the best for us. This is another one of those places where if you just pray what Paul prayed, it will open doors of understanding to all of us. It will provide us with the opportunity to see into, into things that we haven't seen before. You know, I just, I'm so aware sometimes of that we make opportunity available, but do we take advantage of the opportunities that come our way? I said a couple of Sundays ago on a Sunday morning about there's such potential in this place. With every service, there comes a great potential. And people will walk out of here with it totally useless. They didn't, they didn't take advantage one bit of what was made available to them in that service. You know, one person can come in and, and say, man, wasn't that a great service? And somebody else looking going, I don't even know what you're talking about. I didn't think anything was all that. I didn't get anything out of it. You ever been in a service where you left and you thought, I didn't get anything out of that. I try not to do that to my husband too often. <laughs> but you know, it has nothing to do with what went forward. It had to do with what was received. You know, the potential is there. The potential, when the word goes forth, the potential is there. And it's up to you to decide if you're going to take advantage of it and to what degree you're going to take advantage of it. You can walk out of here with, I mean, answer after answer after answer after answer and, and, and things just suddenly, you know, you, the light bulb have come, has come on in so many places in so many ways in so many areas that you can go out and put it into work and the person sitting right next to you go, Nada, nada, got nothing, got nothing. But here, you know, this is what Paul prayed, that you might have a sense of what is vital. You know, there is not a service that we come into that there's not something vital made available to you. And you say, well, you know, it was on healing. And, I, you know, I didn't really, I don't even really have a healing issue. That doesn't mean you're not going to before the night's out. What happens in the middle of the night if you suddenly wake up with a major pain in your chest? Ah, the service last night was talking about healing. Let me take that. There's a potential that was there. So there was something vital that was available to me in that service, and I heard it. And yet there are people who don't hear it who don't take a sense of what's vital with them out the door. You know, and, and it's sad to say, you know, that's why a lot of people don't go to church. It's because they don't get anything out of it. Now there are certain places that they go that got no business going because there isn't anything to take out of there. You know, but I'm telling you what, if you're, if you're coming to a church that's full of the word, you know, then you have no excuse for not taking something vital out with you when you go home. None. It's there. 
the potential is there. Don't ever dismiss any service, what the subject is of the, of the, for that night, that it's something that you already know. Seeing a lot of people will do that. I've heard that before. And somebody said, well, I don't need that. Uh, that's, that's not anything that's you know, of interest to me. You can dismiss all that. You need to come in no matter what's being ministered on and make yourself be interested in what is being said. One of the best ways I know of to make sure that you do that is to take some notes. I know that's an old-fashioned idea, you know, but I'm telling you what, you write it down today, you might need it next week. And you might not remember exactly how it was said unless you have it written down somewhere. I don't know about you, but for me, learning was one of those kind of things where just to read something, you know, in a history class or a history book, didn't help me nearly as much as when I took notes. If I'm hearing it and writing it, I've got two things going on, you know, and, and because I'm writing it, I'm reinforcing it at the same time. Come in with the Bible, for goodness sake. Do you seem, seem well, that, that Pastor Angel, that's, that's pretty basic. Um, yes, it is. Not everybody does it. What can I tell you? You know, I, I know we all have, you know, our devices, and so I can't always be sure. I would like to think that when I see people on their devices that they're following along with the Word or that they're maybe taking some notes. I would not like to think that they're texting somebody uh, the latest gossip or texting a, a recipe or trolling Facebook uh, I wouldn't like to think that. Or playing a game. Uh, anybody want to say amen or oh me? I don't ever bring a phone in here with me. I am not doing that. I'm not going to do it. And uh, if you're that addicted to social media, you need to stick with ink and paper. Mm-hmm. You do. Leave the device outside, in your car, in your purse, in your pocket, whatever. But if, if you have an issue that you can't pay attention because somebody texted you and that little notification ding vibrated or whatever in your pocket and you just, can't, you just cannot leave it alone until the service is over, then you need to ditch that thing for a while. It won't kill you. It won't kill anybody on the other end of that text to not hear from you until service is over. I promise you. It's a rarity. Okay, now I have, like this summer, when my sister was going through all the issues that she was going through, and I never knew what was going to happen next, there were a couple of services that I brought in my phone and turned the volume off, but I had it on my leg just, just, just to know, you know, if somebody needed me for something. That was it. But that's not the usual occurrence, okay? Your buddy from California can text you when service is over. <laughs> you can text them back when service is over. Okay? Little, my little uh, soapbox right there. Go with me to Colossians. It's the truth. It is the absolute truth. Devices are wonderful things, but they have become a hindrance to a lot of people, especially in places where they should be paying attention to something other than their device. 
Okay, so we're going to Colossians 1, verses 9 through, through uh, wherever I decide to stop. Uh, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for him. Here he is telling you that he doesn't cease to pray for him. And to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Sounds a little bit like something we've already read, doesn't it? Because you know what? Paul knew that everybody needed to hear this. Not just the Ephesians, not just the Philippians, not just the Colossians, but everybody needed to hear the same thing. That you might walk worthy of the Lord into all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Um, I've got written down here the Rotherham translation of that you might walk worthy is to have a personal knowledge of his will. You know, I, I, I just... It has to become personal, folks. It has to be. Anyway, let's just go on. Um, Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And then it just goes on. I tell you what. You know, when you start going through these kind of verses, you know, and you just see there's such a wealth of things that are a starting place to pray for others and for yourself. It's just a good, but it's, it's a good jumping off place, a real good one. Now, let's go back to Ephesians, uh, third chapter. And this is where I'm really just going to land tonight. Let's just start in verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you know this, this strikes me in verses 18 and 19 as one of the areas that people have struggle with so much is to know how much they're loved, to know that 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 the love of Christ encompasses everything about them and that there is nothing that can separate them from the love of God. Just, just for somebody to be able to just begin to comprehend what is the breadth and the length and the depth of the love of Christ. It says, which passes knowledge. There is no way you and I will ever really understand how much he loves us until we see him face to face. We get an idea of it now. You know, we're sure of it. You know, we see his love and demonstration in, in our lives every single day if we're looking for it. And, and yet people still struggle sometimes to know that God loves them so dearly. He cares about them so very much. And, the, and there, are, there are times when this, you see somebody who's struggling with that, This is a good way to start praying for them. But 
I really want to focus on verse 16 because this verse means so much to me. I, I, I send people to this verse so often when I'm talking to people about issues in their lives and things that they're struggling with and, and things they're trying to, to work out, you know, and, and when things are overwhelming in their lives. This is where I send them because I found myself at a place in 1996, at a place that I was desperate, had never experienced a a panic attack, an anxiety attack before in my life. But this day, I did. I mean, I didn't know what anybody, when somebody talked to me, it said something about panic attack or anxiety attack or whatever. I had no clue what they meant. That day, I found out what it was. When you're so you are so overcome with the circumstances that are surrounding you that you can't even breathe. Literally, you can't breathe. And all you can do is just sit there and just, you know, play these images in your head about what's happening and what's going to happen and, and, and how desperate things are and, and, how, and how bad it's going to be. And, 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 and you just can't get a hold of yourself. And it's just, like, it's just like a freight train that's going down a hill and you can't stop it and you don't know what to do. And it, it's horrible. But thank God in the middle of that, somebody called me. Somebody that I really don't even know all that well. I just know them because of somebody else. And they felt impressed to call me. One of those opportunities, you know, where God could have said, well, you know, pray for this, this person. You, you know her. And they could have done one of those make mention of you kind of a things, you know, and pray. But they got on the phone and they got a hold of me. And they took me to this verse and said, look at here. I want you to read this. And, and so I, I got a hold of it. And... And we just went over it and went over it. And when I got off the phone, I just, you know, I just, I just took this, this verse and I just, and I just began to just go over it and over, just read it over and over and over. And of course it didn't take long before you could, you could say it and and rehearse it without even looking at the pages anymore. And you just went over and over. And I tell you what, I found myself that day like a, like a pot of water on a stove. You ever seen a pot of water on the stove when you've got the heat, you turn on the heat and and you can you can begin to see just a little bit of ripple, you know, there, and then you get a little bubble. You can get another little bubble, and you get a whole lot more bubbles. And it's not long before that thing is boiling over. You know, that's what happened that day to me. And I found myself in just about an hour's time ready to take on the world. Because at first it meant nothing. It was just a bunch of words on the page. But I'm telling you what, the more I read it, the more I said it, the more I heard myself say it, the more real it became until it was alive on the inside of me. And there was a strength that rose up on the inside that there was, could not be denied. I mean, really, it was, it was night and day difference. And, and I'm here to tell you, that it's got to start on the inside. It's got to start on the inside. Whatever the outside looks like, you can't deal with it just with outside type stuff. It's got to start on the inside. It's got to be real on the inside of you for it to, for it to make any kind of a difference to you. 
in situations, and we've all been there, where you feel like you are so overwhelmed with things. This is such a fantastic verse to go to. The potential that's in this verse will carry you through any situation, any at all. Um, You know, we used to sing a song, I've got something on the inside that's working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. You know, and we used to sing it, you know, where we were kind of likened that to, you know, the day we got born again, you know, and Jesus came into our heart, now there's something on the inside and it's changing the outside. And that's so very true. But it's true with every situation that you and I face that seems like we've come up against something that we can't handle. Here's the clue. You can't handle it. By yourself, you can't handle it. So there's got to be something on the inside. Yeah, whatever that is on the inside, when it starts changing, the outside's going to change too. These outside circumstances are going to change. It may not look like it at first that there's anything different about them, but the fact is there's something different about you. And because there's something different about you and what you're seeing and how you're approaching it and how you're dealing with it and how you're thinking about it, that is what will cause things to change. You know, you can't, you can't change anything as long as you feel like you're under the barrel. But I'm telling you what, when you're standing on top of the barrel, your perspective is something different. And that's what a verse like this will do. It'll cause you to see yourself in a different way, in a different light, in a different perspective, in a different position. And you can tackle anything that comes your way. Um, And um, let's just, let's go back here and read this again. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. The amplified of this verse says, may grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself, indwelling your innermost being and personality. And personality. Oh, well, I just kind of have a quiet personality. I'm telling you what, when this gets on the inside of you, that little quiet personality can take on a whole new dimension. You're not quiet anymore about some things. Or it says, according to the riches of his glory, the 20th century translation says, in proportion to the wealth of his glory. And the Phillips translation says, out of the glorious richness of his resources. Are you kidding me? Have you ever contemplated what is the richness of his resources? God who lives in a city that's got streets of gold. Gold that's so pure you can see through it. Who's got one pearl for each gate. Who's got all these jewels and all this. I mean, I like bling. I'm good. I'm good with that. We can can bling it all up. It's great. But I'm telling you what, we have no idea what his resources are, the glorious richness of his resources. You know, a number of years ago when we were RMAI directors, we had um, had a retreat scheduled for down in South Florida in the Fort Lauderdale area. And there is this river. I don't even know what river it is. Anyway, you can take a cruise ship, <clears throat> a little cruise boat that is, 
not a ship, it's just a boat, uh, cruise boat up this river. And, and the whole deal was you'd get on in the afternoon, late in the afternoon, and you'd cruise up the river. And this little island that was up there, you, you got off and you had a, a, a meal up there. And, and they had a little, little vaudeville-type show. It was real fun. But all along the way up this river, you were going through some of the richest neighborhoods in the country. And you would see homes along this river, and you would see, it's not unusual to see a dock on the river, right? It's not unusual to see somebody tie a boat up to the river and at the dock, right? Well, as we're going along, you don't see just some little old John boat or a canoe. You saw yachts. You saw big yachts. We even saw a church that was on the river that people would come to church in their boats, you know, and tie up and go to service. And it was one of those frozen chosen kind of churches, I think. But anyway, you know, as we're going up the river, this, this, this person on, you know, this guide tour is telling us about all these different things. And, and over here you see this, and over here you see this, and over here you see this, and, and you know, this yacht, you know. And, and they, they made some statement, I think, I want to say they, they said that one of these yachts, like this one right here, costs about $30,000 a linear foot to build. And Pastor poked me and he said, you know, the Bible says that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. We ain't got a clue what they have. I'm telling you what, when you look at riches on that scale, you're just going, whoa. That is a drop in the bucket compared to the resources and the riches that God's got available to you and me. It's just, we, we have no earthly idea what he's got available for us. And, and for us to understand that we're being strengthened with might in our inner man, with all of this going on, accor- listen to that, according to the riches of his glory, the 20th century, in proportion to the wealth of his glory, out of the richness of his resources. Listen, this whole earth is a compact version of the resources that God has available. Every resource man will ever need has been placed in this planet by God himself. There is an endless supply of whatever we need. He knows how long this earth is going to exist. He knows how long man will walk on this earth. And he's already put the resources here that we will all need. And we're just, ta- we're just talking about out of the glorious richness of his resources. I'm telling you what, what you need isn't going to strain him one bit. It's not going to put any kind of a hindrance on him. He's not going to have to go hawk part of the throne, you know, to pay for whatever it is you need. It's just not going to happen. And, and we just get, need to get to the place that, that listen, we're being strengthened and reinforced. What does reinforce mean? It means to, to, to uh, strengthen with an added peace, support, or material. Listen, he wants you strengthened with might. The Weymouth of that, of that phrase there, strengthened with might by his spirit in the end man. Weymouth says to be strengthened by his power, by his spirit with power permeating your inmost being. 
which means it comes in, it saturates you. You ever taken a sponge and just put it in a little bit of water? So, you know, it's just, it's just a little bit wet. But you ever put it in a bucket of water? It becomes saturated. Every, every part of that sponge has now been diffused with the water that was in the bucket. Listen, that's how God wants to strengthen you. He wants to saturate every part of your being until you can feel it tingling out your toes. That's really what he wants to do. Uh, I, I just, we're, we're not talking about ordinary power here in this verse. We're talking about God's power. Well, well, how can you even begin to comprehend God's power? Well, you know, over in Galatians 3.13, it says, it's talking about God. He says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. That took some power, folks. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into a new kingdom. Romans 8.11 says, talks about that same spirit, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, quickens your mortal body. Can you imagine the power that God used when he reached down into hell and he brought Jesus out of there? That same power is available to you. It's not ordinary by any stretch of the imagination. It is power that goes beyond our thinking. It's power that <clears throat> cannot, it's, 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 there, there is nothing like it anywhere. There's nothing that compares to it. There's nothing that can compete with it. When we understand the power that's, that's available to us, when he's strengthening us with his might, in our inner man, it's, it's unfathomable. I, I, can't, I can't find another word for it. You know, and then, um, uh, let's see. My notes are not so great. Um, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. I, I have went back and, and I looked when I, to where I could find places where power and glory were mentioned in the same verse. I found three times in the Old Testament. I found 19 times in the New Testament. And I was just sitting there thinking about it, and I thought, well, you know, in this instance, I mean, to me, I could say this. Maybe you don't agree. I, that's okay. But I, would, I, would, I kind of tend to want to look at, at glory as the essence of God's being, and that power is that, that glory in action. He wants, he wants you to have the essence of his being and then take that and put it into action. You know, power sometimes is translated as authority. You know, the one thing, it's one thing to have authority. It's another thing to exercise it. You know, as a, as a, as a person who maybe went to a police academy, you know, they know they have authority, but, but they don't really understand their authority until they start using it. Listen, you and I, once we got born again, you know, one of the things we needed to find out is who we are, 
what we have, what belongs to us, and how we can use the authority God has given us. And, and we do it day by day. We begin to learn, you know, where to place that authority, where to, how to use it, put it, how to put it into action. You know, and we get better and better and better and better and better at it. And um, I, I, just, I just think that this just applies in so many areas of our lives. You know, if you have relationship issues, if you have health issues, if you have financial issues, you know, even right now as we face an issue in our country, this is a good scripture for us to pray. Because I, I understand that Galatians 6, 9 says, don't grow weary in well-doing. And, you know, with all the stuff bombarding us right now, and this is, this is just kind of, you know, where I wanted to end tonight is, is to let you know that that this is a verse that you can go to on a regular basis. And when things begin to seem overwhelming and you know that you shouldn't grow weary and well-doing, go back here, no matter what it is. And right now with what we're looking at in our country, and we're bombarded with all the news, we're bombarded with all the, the, the things that this person says and that person says and this news report is and that news report is and all the possibilities of this and the possibilities of that, it gets a little overwhelming sometimes. And we can't afford to grow weary in what God has called us to do to pray. And the way we pray is from a place of strength. And the way we pray from a place of strength is that we find out exactly what's in these verses. That he would grant according to the riches of his glory to me to be strengthened with might by his spirit in my inner man. You know, it doesn't matter what happens as far as the news reports are concerned if we just stick with what we know. If we just stick with that, that strength that's on the inside, how often have we seen just in the last few days people saying, give up, just give up, just, just forget it. It's not going to happen. You know, people, I, mean, I, I talked to people, you know, I talked talk to a neighbor of mine just yesterday, you know, about, about this COVID-19 business. And, and he was telling me how much fear he's in. And I'm just going, I, I go back to my verse, Ephesians 3.16, that I'm strengthened with might. Strengthened with might according to the riches of his glory in my inner man. I mean, I, I, I'm strengthened. I'm thinking, I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be, you know, just kind of rude to him. But I thought, you can be afraid all you want. I'm not planning on it. I'm not going to be. Well, are you going to have Thanksgiving with your family? I mean, we, we, we're, we're just too afraid to do that kind of thing. We're afraid, too afraid, you know, to, to get together. And, and, da, da, da. and I'm thinking, people live in fear. And people outside the church live in fear all their time. People inside the church live in fear because they don't know that, that he's granted it according to the riches of his glory, that, that they're strengthened with his might by his spirit in their inner man. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't dis, dismiss the idea of good common sense where it comes to, you know, just, you know, keep, if somebody's got a cough, you know, stay away from it, whatever, you know, but... I'm not going to live my life in fear. We're not going to live our life in fear of what, of what happens in the next few days or the next few months or the next few weeks. We can't afford to grow weary in the well-doing of praying the, the, for the, from the place of authority that God has told us to operate from. And this is, this is one scripture that will keep us on track when it feels like we're waning, like you know, the, the, the strength level is getting a little low, you, this is where you go back. 
Once you've got a hold of it, though, you can, you can always say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Listen, we need to be praising God throughout this entire thing as well. But the, what you need on the inside is there to stay with it, to stay hooked up with it. And, and let's just see this thing through. Listen, God saw me through that instance in my life in 1996, gloriously. And I have used this scripture so many times, and I, and I share it with so many people when I, when I have opportunities to talk to them when they're, when they're overwhelmed with things. Don't be overwhelmed with anything but the word. Don't be any overwhelmed by anything other than the love of God. Don't be other way overwhelmed with anything other than the power of God, the glory of God, the might and the, the, and the majesty of the Father and what he's given you and what he's placed you into, what he's opened your eyes to. Don't be overwhelmed by anything this world has to offer you. And it's offering you everything. Don't take it. Don't take it. You are being strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man and that no one can take from you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.